Welcome to the Financial Intuition Podcast, where you can find your financial intuition one money topic at a time. The goal of the podcast is to educate, inform, and engage our audience with tools and resources created to help them make more informed financial decisions. These tools and resources can be found on our website at consumerfinance.gov. You can also click the links in the show notes for additional information. This is the next episode of our Managing Your Student Loans series, which focuses on managing student loans and money while in college, postgraduate degree repayment options, and more. Before we get started, I'll read our Consumer Financial Protection Bureau standard disclaimer. This podcast is being produced by the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. It's intended to generate discussion about postgraduate degree repayment options. The questions asked and topics discussed were developed in coordination with our presenter and may not reflect the Bureau's policy on any particular matter. Any opinions or views stated by the presenter are the presenter's own and may not represent the Bureau's views. Nothing said in this podcast by a Bureau representative constitutes legal interpretation, guidance, or advice of the Bureau. Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Stone, a policy analyst in the section for students and young consumers. Our section creates tools and resources for those working to help students, young adults, and their families manage money, build credit, save or pay for college, and repay student debt. We're excited to gain insight, Dr. Peters, on postgraduate degree repayment options. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Welcome, Dr. Peters. Hey, how are y'all doing? Uh, great, great. Can you tell our audience a little bit about your background and current work? Yes, um, I am currently a second-year family medicine resident um, in South Carolina, and I have a both a Ph.D. and a D.O. degree, and I received my Ph.D. in kinesiology from Auburn University, and I completed my D.O. degree at Edward Villa College of Osteopathic Medicine in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Great, great. And how did you decide on your current education path? Um, so that's the age-old question, um, what did you want to do when you grow up? And so I've always known I wanted to somehow teach, but I started to, um, as I was going through school, I just had a passion for science, and which then spawned it into research, which then said how, um, I asked myself, how could I make this tangible? Um, so that's how I started to pursue the path of becoming a physician because I feel like it is tangible teaching of one's health and well-being. Great. And were there any people, uh, experiences that influenced your decision along the way? Yes. So I had wonderful um, mentors and a phenomenal um, just backing and village growing up, um, just starting from my elementary mentors um, who would just push me into the direction of science and uh, getting me involved in different programs throughout the summer. I am still connected with my undergraduate mentors who are all in the health careers department at Selman College um, who just have paved the way and given me resources um, as, like I said, as far as research opportunities, extracurricular activities that just spawned my interest to help me get to this point in life. Oh, that's great. Um, amazing. Um, and I know when we talk about, like, education and especially, like, once you go from undergrad to, like, grad school and then, you know, going to medical school, 
there's a role that student debt may or may not play in that. Um, have you had any experience with student debt? And if so, what role did it play in your education? Yes, I think student debt basically traveled with me throughout undergraduate <laughs> school and, and medical school. Um, basically, my student debt got degrees with me. Um, so going through it, I'm a first-generation college student. Um, my parents did not go. My sister, who's older than me, went to college. However, um, that was our only experience in my family with getting a higher degree. So coming with that, my parents were very, very supportive. They were, of course, a part of my village I talked about. And their idea um, was go for what you want to do. It doesn't matter how much it costs because at that time, I had no idea that I would go to grad school first before going to med school. Um, and so halfway through undergrad, actually probably my second semester of freshman year, I started to understand what debt really meant. Um, and I was at a roadblock of if I don't get a job, how am I going to pay for college? Um, and so I think that's when it first hit me that I needed to be more aware of how much loans I was taking out. Although I wanted to pursue a certain career, it still had a financial component. Um, and so it did not deter me and it did not stop me. However, it was very present in my decision um, as far as how, what programs I did during the summer. Um, I always chose programs that had a financial component and incentive to them because I just figured I needed to work and I could not be without a somewhat of a job. Um, so it did play a big role in me choosing the trajectory that I actually ended up taking. Right, no, that's great. And so it sounds like, um, like you said, along the lines of not just getting an education, but you were intentional about like the programs that you did in order to, of course, enhance your resume, but also generate income while you were in school and sort of going down this path. So, um, so yeah, that's that's, uh, that's great. And I guess the transition a little bit, um, when you think about like managing your student loans now with other adult responsibilities since you're out of school, how are you able to, you know, keep everything together? So I am, I will say old fashioned in the sense that I write everything down. So I know some people have fancy apps, or I even tried at one point to do an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> but I got to the point where I have to physically see um, where my money is going so that I can be very intentional and deliberate about, you know, having, quote, unquote, fun, being an adult, being able to travel, um, but also saying, okay, my money still, I still have that debt, and the debt is still present. Um, it's not going to just vanish. And so to, you know, take it head on, and I have just literally written down every expense. I do a budget monthly. I'm also in the same notebook to say, okay, this is what I plan to do, and this is the money that I can work with to have fun. So I think it's just about being intentional in my old-fashioned way of writing everything down. <laughs> I know, that's good. There's a saying like uh, putting things on paper on purpose, so uh, that's good. And I guess with uh, budgeting or any other like money management aspect, we always talk about finding what works for you because there are a thousand things out there. And I guess if you try, say, 999 of them and none of them work, 
and they weren't any good for your particular situation. So yeah, it's like finding that one uh, via paper, an app, um, some of our tools on our website. So yeah, on our website, we have a lot of uh, wonderful tools and resources, and so you can print those out. You can print out like a uh, spending tracker, and so you can use those things to figure out, like if you don't already have a budget, like say someone doesn't, um, to figure out what sources of income they have coming in, uh, what their expenses are, and then they can sort of take that and then compile it into a budget. So, um, yeah, that's that's uh, great. Excellent, excellent. And so just to take a step back, I know that, you know, managing student loans, adult responsibilities, uh, money in general can be complex, but, like, doing that while thinking about graduate school and a professional degree uh, can be particularly tedious. Um, but it sounds like, you know, from your experience, you were able to successfully do both. And so if there was, you know, a young person out there, someone an undergrad sort of thinking about following a similar, similar path, like what advice would you give them? So one, I think I mentioned, do not let finances be a deterrent. Um, if you have a dream to get something accomplished and you want to be something, I think it should definitely be something that you think about, but I think too often people neglect their dreams. So that's my one thing, like follow what you want to do because it will get paid off and um, in the end. However, also I think one thing I did not do because like I said, it took me a little while in undergrad because I didn't have that background for my parents to, you know, they were doing the best they could um, by just supporting me and working hard to get me through college. However, look for, you know, Brian, you mentioned all these tools that are out there. Along with tools, there's scholarships, there are grants. There's so many things available um, for what you're interested in. And even, you know, I think there are hobbies that can turn into a, a source of income, a stream of income that may not even take, you know, your, your attention away from your schooling but it can actually somehow go with that. So one of the things I did in grad school, because I was studying to take the MCAT and I still needed income in grad school, I tutored. And I tutored classes like physiology and anatomy. And what that did was it forced me to study, but it also um, gave me something that I was able to, um, I guess, use as a source of income. Right. Yeah, that makes sense, just finding those opportunities to, um, as you said, generate income from, you know, side business, uh, employment, what have you, to get towards that end goal. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, so we'll transition a little bit. I know we talked about budgeting. Um, I guess to go back to budgeting, there are a few quick things, because I, I know that's one of those words that people hear, and it sounds like, Frugal, I might may not have money, uh, but it's one of those things where it's very important in any financial plan, especially um, a plan that, like you were talking about, where um, as we both know from my personal experience, the margins can be like narrow when you're devoted to school full time, and you're also trying to like fit work in there, and then again, like other responsibilities, family, uh, those types of things. But so like you said, uh, Dr. Peters, budgeting. Uh, yeah, so some important things to remember along those lines, especially for our listeners who may uh, just be starting off thinking about budgeting and want to know how to budget. And so first, you can start off by doing a quick tally of where 
uh, all of your income sources are coming from. So that could be employment, uh, business opportunities, or um, small side gigs that might generate um, irregular income here and there. Uh, and then figuring out where is my money actually going? So what are my monthly expenses and how am I uh, actually spending that money that's coming in? And then a third very important point is understanding like the bill due dates. Normally they're staggered throughout the month. And so you may get paid once a month, twice a month, or um, even on a semester basis, but figuring out how to connect those actual expenses to when that money comes in. And so that'll help with the cash flow planning. And then last but not least, sort of compiling all of those things and actually creating a working budget. And again, as you mentioned, there's no one size fits all. So your budget could either be an app, you could be sitting right down on paper, like you said, if you want to be old school. But I, you know, I don't think that's so old school because I, I still write my <laughs> budget down now. Now, even I use an Excel sheet, like a bi weekly Excel sheet, but I still I have no card in my pocket as we speak where I like <laughs> jotted some things down. So, um, but just importantly, figuring out what works and what can, you know, help you balance and, and maintain like a more orderly financial world. So, you know, that's, that's all important. And Brian, may I say that? for you know, the listeners, your budget also is not stagnant. Your budget changes. I think you just brought up a good point. You look, I do a buy, you know, you do one every two weeks. I, you know, I mentioned earlier that I start my budget in the beginning of the month, but throughout the month, it changes because within that budget, you have emergency funds. Um, there's all these other little small nuances that go into it. So I think it's very important, you know, for everyone to say, you can stick to it and you don't have to stick to it. I'm sorry. It could, it can literally change. Um, like you could have a gift fund come in and so then you have extra money <laughs> for the month. So there's just different things. I think that's just a good way if you use the tools and you, however, whatever it be, you know, online, apps, um, on paper. But I think you made a good point that you, it's continuously changing and you have to sit there and work with it. Right, right. And I know one thing we often talk about uh, that, as you were alluding to, life happens. So we make a plan for a budget and then things pop up. So it could be expenses, uh, birthdays that we may have forgotten about or just like emergencies. So my car tire, you know, uh, goes out and I need to get a new car tire or a medical expense or uh, child care. So, uh, which brings up another important point, having an emergency fund. Uh, and that's just yeah. money, cash that you have to buy. And it could start off as a small amount and you grow it over a period of time, but just something you can uh, put your hands on in the event of an emergency that's extremely liquid and accessible. Now that's, yeah. uh, that's great. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so along the lines of budgeting and, and your uh, budget, how do you factor in uh, student loans, again, with like, you know, other adult responsibilities in life and those other expenses that uh, that are a part of your budget? So um, I just have added it to one of the line items of my bills. And so with every paycheck, I have certain things that just come out and I just know that they are there. Um, I have, once again, using this nice word of budgeting, it's, it's just something that is on the budget item. Um, so for me, my tides come out beginning of every month. And, um, and so I take that out and then I factor in, okay, well, this is just a payment for my loans. And that is just, it's money that I just know that I'm not going to see. And I think I do that to myself because it keeps me on a, that's not money that I have to spend. And so I just factor it out of what my paycheck is going to be. 
Um, all, but however, making sure I have enough money to pay my utilities and other things um, as far as even adding to my emergency fund and to savings. Um, so I think it just has become now a line item rather than something that I am dreading to do. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, and again, as you, like you said, just figuring out a way to make it fit and like it is something that has it paid. And so, um, but I think for our listeners who may have uh, started paying or, or maybe getting to that first student loan payment, um, there's options and resources out there. So uh, the first I'll mention, of course, uh, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau's website, our uh, student section has a lot of wonderful information on managing student loans and understanding loans versus federal loans and maybe some of your repayment options. You can also visit the Department of Education's website, and so they have a page understanding your student loan repayment. Uh, so you can learn more about things like making your first loan payment, uh, contacting your servicer so if you have any questions about your loans or repayment options or, um, you know, if you have any uh, trouble and you need to help resolve some things, the servicer is always the first line of contact. Um, choosing a repayment plan, estimating your payments, and also um, information on applying for income-driven repayment plans. So having loan payments that are in relation to your income, and you'll be able to see like a wide range of options and pick best plan for you. So, no, that's good. So your current loan, uh, how did you pick your current plan? Um, so. Once again, this was kind of all new to me. So that, I did it last year when I graduated med school, and I just went through, went through, based on my income at that time, which was basically zilch, um, and I chose one option. After this first year, you are given the um, option to redo it and look at it again. And so based on my finances, I am researching to see if I would like to change my plan. Um, and so at the time of me choosing it, um, it was more so based on what I felt like I could contribute and what I could pay on my current salary. Um, no, that's good. And have you had to make any revisions or would your first one sort of come like in the near future? So my first revision comes literally, they send an email, which is very, very important um, to young to listeners. <laughs> just the emails are very important. I mean, I just, it, it helps you out. <laughs> so don't miss those important email, emails. Sorry. I just actually received an email to revise my plan if I wanted to. Um, and so I am, once again, going back to the drawing board and making sure um, as I move along in residency um, and as, you know, everyone will move along in their careers. Things change, and like we said, life isn't stagnant. And so I'm going to look at what my budget is now and what my income is now and see if I would like to change my plan. So I'm actually in the process of doing that right now. Yeah, no, and that's good. And that's something important to remember because I think, especially with budgets, sometimes they can seem like so rigid and maybe, uh, you know, we get knocked off track and it's like, oh, all is lost, but it's not because, as you said, life's not stagnant, budgets are not stagnant, nor are they meant to be. Um, it's it's a, a plan, an estimate, but you can always go back and revise it and tailor it based on, you know, your life circumstances. So, no, that's great and makes a lot of sense. So how has managing um, your student loans and you know, your overall, I'll say, post-graduate budget 
um, influence other decisions in your life? So I have been trying, because I'm still in the process of that since I'm in residency, and, you know, I'm at the, the middle point where it's, well, do you want to do fellowship? Um, the question's basically, once again, what do you want to do when you grow up? Because <laughs> that question never ends. Um, and so with that being said, there are career paths for my particular career. Do I want to do hospitalist work, outpatient, academic um, work? And so I am, once again, because I have never settled um, based on just my debt, I think it, it's there, but I am not, I'm trying not to let that make me choose or lead me to choose a job for the pay. Um, because I strongly believe that you can make life happen if you live within your means. Um, and I strongly also have already set a goal to pay my loans off <laughs> in the next 10 years before they are actually um, due to be paid off. And so it has, it plays a role, but I am letting it play a very, very small role um, in what I want to do. Because my goal, and I think this should be anyone's goal when you're trying to live out your dream career, is to negotiate what's going to make you happy. Um, that may not be with the salary you intended <laughs> or you imagined, but I intend to go to work every day happy, because if I go to work happy, I will do my job well. Um, and then my loans will still get paid off because I am employed. <laughs> so, um, so it has, but I'm just not letting it play a big factor in that. Right, and um, yeah, that's perfect. Like you said, finding something that you actually love doing, you love showing up for, having a plan is the most important thing. So having a plan, you have a time frame in mind. So those details in there, like I said, we always, uh, you know, have them planned out, have them mapped out, but they sometimes change within that, but we still know that ending point. So um, very important <laughs> and yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as we transition to the next question, I know you had answered this before, um, but if there was anything else, I guess, throughout our conversation that sort of popped up. So um, I think I, you know, touched on a lot of this before, but I stand by saying, Find out, you know, seek out mentors. Right now I have some that are both career-driven but also personal, um, and that would, that's helping me in both aspects of life. And getting that advice from them, and if you are listening to this podcast right now, I feel like you're already on a good path to trying to be educated um, and figuring out what is your best option because there are a lot of resources out there that I think that you can tap into, which would be helpful. Um, and so, you know, I mentioned in the my introduction that I do have a doctorate and I went to medical school. You know, if that's your passion, there are, I did it separately, um, which may have incurred more debt, but there's other ways to get to the same, um, the same result. So with that being said, I just think if you research and figure out what you truly want to do and pray about it and go for your goals, I think that you will reach it. So that is my advice. Just really sit down. I'm just big on planning. And so if you think about it, um, actually research it, I think that it's, anything is possible. 
Great. No, that's great. And that's the, I guess, the connection between all of this, the money, educational future, um, career goals, it's all about planning, um, being intentional and, and, uh, you know, putting your best foot forward. So, yeah, that's, that's great. And I guess if I could recap everything for our audience, those three important takeaways, we talked about a lot of good things. Um, uh, first I would say is have a plan to repay your student debt and manage your household finances. Um, revisit the plan regularly because, like uh, Dr. Peter said, life is not stagnant. It changes constantly. So uh, don't be afraid to go back and change your budget, you know, week to week, every two weeks, or uh, whatever you have to do in order to uh, compensate for the things that are sort of happening as life goes on. Um, take advantage of the Department of Education and CFPB's tools uh, to better understand your repayment options and also create a budget if you don't have one already. Um, make sure your student loan payment is affordable and fits within your financial goals. And remember that it's also okay, again, to change your plans if your needs change, if circumstances change, and also reach out for help um, if needed. So thank you, Dr. Peters, for sharing your money experience with our audience. We appreciate our listeners for tuning in. To stay connected, please visit our podcast page on consumerfinance.gov. And so you don't miss future episodes, sign up to be notified of new releases. As always, remember to continue to develop your financial intuition and learn money management lessons you can use now to build a future you want tomorrow. Thank you.